Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready? This coverage is live and uncensored, so if you have any small children present, you may want to have them leave the room. Hey, it's Rich, My Take Radio, episode 26 for Thursday, January 14th, 2010. Uh, the intro music you just heard was The Omen of Geneva. The artist is Neko Frog One, N-E-K-O, Frog, and the number one. If you'd like to download that and any of the other music that's been used in previous intros, feel free to head over to ocremix.org, the letter O, the letter C, remix.org. If you'd like to call in to discuss any of tonight's topics, uh, the call-in number is 347-324-3541. With that out of the way, let's talk a little housekeeping. Of course, first off, obviously nobody's living under a fucking rock and knows about what's going on in Haiti. Um, Really fucked up situation. Um, You can call it what you want, work of God, natural disaster, whatever. But I don't wish that situation on anybody. I have a family, and I think that if they were buried under fucking rocks, I would lose my mind. With that being said, please feel free to head over to redcross.org to put a small donation through if you've already donated. By you know, Congrats to you. Uh, do a good deed. Help somebody out. People spend 10 bucks on worse shit. You know, might be somebody's medicine, might be somebody's food, might be some kind of aid that can help somebody. So you toss Red Cross 10 bucks if you get a chance. Um, I will see if I can get a button to post on the site for donations to redcross.org. But again, you know, take 10 bucks, 5 bucks, whatever you can afford, send it over there, do the right thing. Um, this isn't a public service announcement. This isn't any kind of shit to make anybody feel bad, but it's a fucked up situation and you know, we should all do what little what little bits we can to help them out. So head over to redcross.org and make a donation. All right. Some of tonight's topics. We're going to talk Ultimate Fight Night. We're going to talk WEC. We're going to continue to talk about WWE and TNA and the ongoing war between them. The possible reboot of the Spider-Man franchise. Uh, the return of Brock Lesnar. Uh, Green Lantern. Iron Man 3. Uh... Avatar, fucking Call of Duty making a fucking billion dollars, all kinds of shit tonight, so definitely stick around because it's going to be a wild ride. Uh, In terms of site stuff, if you haven't been by MyTakeRadio.com, take the opportunity and stop by. You can listen to the show live. Um, You can follow on Twitter. There's a fan page button. You can comment on any of the newest articles, see some of the new trailers that have been posted, and, of course, you can join the ever-growing My Take Radio forum. You can find that at mytakeradio.com slash forums, or if you are on My Take Radio, just hit the forums button and check it out. It's a really, you know, I, I'm very proud of the forum, a lot of great members in there, a lot of great fans of the show, uh, talking about a variety of topics, all knowledgeable, um, definitely a good place in terms of just 
a bunch of people hanging out. There's not any kind of crazy shit. There's no superficial, holier-than-thou forum mentality. Um, I welcome everybody in there, anime fans, movie fans, MMA fans, wrestling fans, nerds, geeks, dorks, you name it. Um, we welcome it into the forum. So definitely stop by mytakeradio.com slash forums and join and just uh, join in on the conversations. You may learn a thing or two. Um, My Take Radio has also reached a bit of a milestone with 2,500 official listens on the Blog Talk Radio Network, as well as surpassing the 10,000 download mark, um, with a percentage of that being from the web and another percentage being from iTunes, so definitely keep it up. Um, There's going to be some great stuff happening in the near future. Uh, There's going to be something involving Spike TV. I'm not going to give you guys more than that, but it is definitely going to be pretty cool. Uh, at least to me, I think it's a it's a step in the right direction for the show. In addition, uh, some guests will be making a return. Rachel from MMA Hot Stuff will be coming back. Uh, the crew from Darksiders will be back. Uh, the Deadliest Warrior crew will be back, I believe, possibly next month, if not in March, uh, since the second season of The Deadliest Warrior starts in April. So those are all going to be returning guests. And I'm also going to be starting a couple of new features within the next few weeks. So that should give you guys a little bit of uh, stuff to look forward to in the near future. Uh, With that being said, let's get right into some MMA first. Uh, Right off the bat, um, Ultimate MMA has reported that Herschel Walker finally has an opponent for his January 30th Strike Force debut. The uh, 47-year-old NFL the well, former NFL star is going to fight Greg Nagy. He has a record of one and one, uh, no fights in Strike Force, and that's going to be in Strike Force Miami, which again is going to be January 30th. Um, actually, a really solid card from Strike Force. Uh, Nick Diaz is going to be fighting. Uh, I can't even say this guy's name. Marius Zarums, uh, some something Polish probably. I can't fucking say it, and I'm not going to do the guy and injustice by fucking up his name. Nonetheless, Nick Diaz is going to be fighting for the vacant welterweight title. Uh, Christian Cyborg Santos is going to be fighting Marlos Conan for the women's featherweight title. Robbie Lawler is going to fight Melvin Maniff. Uh Bobby Lashley is also going to be on the card. I don't know who his opponent is yet, but, you know, he's going to be fighting there. And, of course, Greg Nagy and Herschel Walker. Uh, Jay Haran and Joe Riggs on the undercard. So definitely worth checking out January 30th for Strike Force. And on top of that, let's go down the list. Um, MMAJunkie.com gave out a little bit of news for the Fight of the Night bonuses for this week's Ultimate Fight Night, which was on Monday on Spike TV. Um, if you didn't watch it, it was on free TV, something that uh, I'm going to start giving out fucking homework for people to watch. Uh, great free TV card from top to bottom. Um, first fight was Brad Blackburn and Amir Sadala. Amir Sadala just showing that his time in Holland while he was healing injuries paid off. Um, fantastic Muay Thai work. He was just a, a beast the whole round. He ended up taking the unanimous decision, 30-27. Um, the middleweight fight had Aaron Simpson fighting Tom Lawler. Tom Lawler gets fucking entrance of the night. If you get a chance, look up Tom Lawler's... Uh, Ultimate Fight Night entrance on YouTube, and you'll see why. Me explaining it wouldn't even do it justice, but definitely a problem for sure. It is uh, definitely one of the most original entrances I've seen in a while. Um, It ended up being uh, Aaron Simpson taking it by split decision, which is strange. I mean, I felt that Tom Lawler had a 
better performance in the fight, but you know, you that's why you don't let these fights go to the, go to decision because when shit like that happens, you're putting it in the hands of people that aren't in there getting punched in the face. So, you know, definitely I'm a little bummed. I really thought Lawler took it, but Simpson took it by decision. Um, Efrain Escudero, uh, the former, the, well, the ultimate fighter winner was fighting Evan Dunham. Um, I hadn't seen Escudero fight, and I was really looking forward to him fighting. It ended up being uh, Evan Dunham by armbar submission. I honestly thought that he broke Escudero's arm. It was just a a fucking sick arm bar, and the guy was really hesitating in terms of tapping out. So if you get a chance, uh, YouTube Dunham versus Escadero, so you can see that. It's a uh, oh uh, props to Mortis. Bobby Lashley is going to be fighting Johan Banks. Nonetheless, moving on. Of course, the main event was Nate Diaz versus Gray Maynard. I actually wasn't sure how to judge that fight personally because Nate Diaz, just great Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner. You know, the Diaz brothers are no slouches when it comes to fighting. Gray Maynard is a beast, phenomenal wrestler. Um, Diaz, to me, took the first round. Uh, Maynard took the second, and I think Diaz took the third. It ended up being Gray Maynard winning by split decision, and um, that actually seemed to have pissed off Nate Diaz because, you know, he did a video blaming the commentators for the way they were selling the fight because he said he watched the fight and he felt that he won the fight unanimously and that they did him a disservice in terms of calling the fight. I mean, personally, I saw the fight going in Diaz's favor. Maynard did take one round, but one round isn't winning the fight if you take the other two. But as unfortunate as it is, I think Diaz will bounce back. The kid has a ton of talent, um, great Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner, so I definitely see him making a big impact in the near future. Um, the submission of the night went to Evan Dunham for his uh, submission on Escudero. He got $30,000. Uh, KO of the night went to Gerald Harris, and fight of the night went to Aaron Simpson and Tom Lawler. Um, also, during the WEC versus 46 special, which aired uh, this past weekend, um, they announced that the UFC will be debuting on the versus network for Ultimate Fight Night 21. That's going to be March 21st. Definitely a solid card. If you got the Versus Network, I would recommend you checking it out. Uh, some of the fights for that card, uh, John Bones Jones versus Brandon Vera is your main event, which is just has fucking sparks written all over. Those two guys can fucking beat the shit out of each other. Um, John Bones Jones is coming off that DQ loss, fighting Matt Hamill. Uh, guy has a fantastic fighting style. He's explosive. Brandon Vera has, you know, Muay Thai practitioner, just a serious dude. Also on the card, Junior Dos Santos fighting Gabriel Gonzaga. John Howard's going to fight Anthony Rumble Johnson. Uh, recently signed but not officially announced. Uh, the Carpenter Clay Guida is going to fight Sean Shirk. Um, other rumored fights are Spencer, Spencer Fisher and Dwayne Ludwig. And Elliot Marshall is going to fight Vladimir Matushenko, which I wanted to see him fight last month. And Brendan Schaub is going to fight Chase Gromley. So... Definitely, if you got the Versus Network, once again, always try and check out free MMA. It's, it's one of the best ways to just get yourself into the sport. If you don't want to make the investment of dropping uh, 50 bucks on a pay-per-view, definitely check out WEC on Versus, any of the Ultimate Fight Nights, fucking YouTube. You know, you'll, you'll end up enjoying what you see. It's all quality fights. Um, Spike TV is actually going to be debuting the best of Pride tomorrow. You can see some of the legendary Pride fights. 
uh, with guys like Quentin Rampage, Jackson, Fedor, Miracle Crocrop, Chuck Liddell, Alistair Overeem, just guys that you've seen fight already um, in various promotions. You're going to see them really getting it in in pride. Of course, Vandalay Silva kicking people in the face. Just a, a great organization. It's a shame that, you know, they weren't successful in the United States, but they did bring us some of the best fighters that are in the UFC as well as Strike Force and other promotions. So definitely check that out. It's supposed to be at 10 p.m. here on the East Coast. Definitely check your local cable provider so you can check that out for sure. Um, moving on. Uh, what did I miss? Ah, yes, UFC 111 is in Jersey. Tickets are on sale for the March 27th fight. I was really fucking bummed that I couldn't get tickets. But, yo, they cost a shitload of money. But um, I'm hoping to catch a UFC event when it gets sanctioned in New York. I hope that uh, Governor Batman can make that happen because I really want to see it. Definitely MMA in the garden for sure. Nonetheless, UFC 111, you have the main event is George St. Pierre versus Dan Hardy. Uh, Shane Carwin versus Frank Mir, possibly for the interim heavyweight title. Uh, Thiago Alves fighting John Fitch, which has not been announced yet. Ricardo Almeida is going to fight Matt Brown. Mark Bocek versus Jim Miller. Campman versus Saunders. Hammond versus Rodney Wallace. And New Jersey's own Kurt Pellegrino will be fighting on the card. I don't know who his opponent is yet, but definitely going to be a solid card. I'm going to still see if I can work my magic to go because I would love to cover that live for the show somehow. Um, Dana White announced that Frankie Edgar will be the next challenger for UFC lightweight champion BJ Penn. Um, a lot of people thought that Gray Maynard was going to get the shot considering that he's 7-0, uh, and but it ended up going to Frankie Edgar, and BJ Penn's probably going to defend the belt at, at UFC 112 in Abu Dhabi. Um, the last bit of MMA news, Kendall Grove, is, could be fighting Mark Munoz also on the Abu Dhabi card in April 10th. So with that being said, hopefully I'd really like to see Grove and Munoz fight those guys, both great stand-up fighters. Munoz coming off just a, an awesome performance during his last, his last UFC appearance. I was really enjoying his fighting style. He's an exciting dude to watch fight, and I definitely hope that it goes down that way. So with that being said, we're going to head into – the wrestling segment. Um, I'm actually going to try and take a brief commercial break, and I will be back to talk wrestling in 30 seconds. BoyStuffingRadio.com. That's where you'll find our radio show. Rich, you dig it, don't you? Yeah, man. He digs it. How come you don't dig it? Fuck you. Get on the internet. BoyStuffingRadio.com. Rat bastards. Ah! All right, we're back. My take radio. Um, let's talk some wrestling. I'm going to actually be taking a few commercial breaks because I have a little bit of laryngitis, so if my voice sounds a little shitty, I apologize, but I wanted to deliver a show, and uh, fuck you if you don't like it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Nonetheless, wrestling, first off, um, Finnish politician and former WWF wrestler Tony Halmy. you may know him as... 80s international villain Ludwig Borga was found dead in his home. He had just turned 47. Um, there's rumors that he, tur uh, he committed suicide. Um, for those of you that don't know him quite well, he was uh, briefly in the WWF at the time. He was having a feud with Lex Luger and Tatanka, if I remember correctly. Um, like I said, he was a typical 
foreign bad guy, which was the big thing back in the in the late 80s, early 90s. You know, when we were at war with Iraq, it was Sergeant Slaughter becoming an Iraqi sympathizer and um, shit like that. So definitely it's, it's a shame he passed away. Of course, my condolences to his family. But um, they're saying he committed suicide, so big fucked up. It seems that this is our first uh, wrestler death of 2010. Hopefully this is not the beginning of a new trend. We'll see what happens. Nonetheless, um, this week's host for Monday Night Raw was, of course, the legendary former heavyweight champion of the world, Mike Tyson. It was exactly what you'd expect it to be with Mike Tyson being on uh, Monday Night Raw. There was a little bit of, you know, shenanigans with DX and... Of course, it wouldn't be a Raw without Mike, with Mike Tyson without him punching somebody in the face. Uh, the recipient of that ended up being Chris Jericho in a semi-humorous yet very predictable skit. Um, next week's hosts are going to be, get this, John Heater and Don Johnson. God knows what kind of shit they're going to be uh, promoting. I think it's some new lame-ass flick. I don't know what the fuck it is, but um, I have a feeling that those are going to be two guest hosts that are going to suck. Highly unfortunate, but that's the way it is. You get good ones and bad ones. Uh, WWE.com did, though, confirm that March 15th, it will be 316 with Stone Cold Steve Austin hosting Raw. I guarantee you that that is going to be one of the many memorable Raw guest hostings that have come around. Just because whenever Stone Cold's involved, something's bound to happen. Um, I was actually expecting The Rock to make an appearance to host Raw, but it seems that he's had a lot of uh, scheduling conflicts in terms of, of course, you know, this new movie he has coming out, this new abomination called The Tooth Fairy, where he ends up substituting for a tooth fairy and, you know, hilarity ensues, blah, blah, blah. Um, on a lighter note, though, this is going to allegedly be The Rock's last, uh, you know, kids movie, and he's going to start branching out into other projects. He's actually doing a a very good, well, very interesting cop movie with Samuel L. Jackson. Once I have more details on it, I will uh, put that up as well. Uh, oh, of course, I, I'd love to talk a little bit about TNA Impact, but unfortunately it is it was playing until about 20 minutes ago, so I don't I have it on the DVR and I can't discuss it. But from what I've heard, they're just continuing to push the old guys. Um, the Nasty Boys, fucking Val Venus. I swear, it's like watching a, mish, a mismatch of old 1990s WCW and Attitude Era WWE. I really hope that TNA gets it together and starts um, pushing more of their younger talent and more of their legendary talent that they got. They got a lot of future Hall of Famers, whether they end up in the WWE or not, you know, with AJ Styles, Desmond Wolf. Kurt Angle, uh, Samoa Joe, I could run down the list, Beer Money, uh, the Lethal Consequences, Christopher Daniels, all talented athletes. If you haven't checked out TNA and want to find out and want to check out an alternative to WWE sports entertainment, uh, definitely check out TNA Wrestling. It's usually at 9 o'clock on Spike TV, and they're also debuting TNA Epics, which is going to focus on certain stars and some of their more memorable matches. That was also debuting tonight, and the first spotlight was going to be on good old Kurt Angle, of course, who's had some memorable matches in TNA since, his, since the beginning. But uh, with that said, 
We're going to close out some wrestling. I'm not going to play another commercial because I don't have one. Uh, not yet, anyway. For And we're going to head into some games. A lot of shit to talk about games-wise. Um, for those of you that are fans of SOCOM, you're going to get the opportunity to play SOCOM Fireteam Bravo on the PSP February 16th. You're going to be able to pick that up on UMD as well as on the PlayStation Network. That game originally was supposed to come out in November. I remember talking about it, and it was delayed, so you'll be able to pick that up uh, February 16th. And an interesting article I read earlier today, um, a guy from one of the guys from Frank and Maggot Associates, a media consulting firm, recently polled 800 gamers about their knowledge of downloadable content. The thing that bugs me was the fact that out of the 800, 15% actually knew of and downloaded content for their games. 41% knew of downloadable content but didn't download any, while the remaining 43% didn't even know what, downlo what downloadable content was. It's very strange because the president of the firm said, he, re he stated to IGN that many of the 43% still played games on PlayStation 2s and Wii's, which doesn't have any downloadable content. Um, but, you know, I think that the number of people that was polled was very small, and even though the results are quote-unquote surprising, downloadable content is a mixed bag. And the reason I say that is because you run into a situation where you pick up a great game, and the downloadable content really isn't downloadable content, sorry, is not that great. You've got to take into account a lot of times it's, you know, a map or an extra weapon or, you know, it's not something that has great um, residual value. I mean, with Guitar Hero and Rock Band and DJ Hero and we'll start with and Lips and any of those music games of that nature, they always take advantage of the downloadable content to allow you to play new songs. But the unfortunate thing is that some of those songs that you're paying money to download end up getting released in another, rele in another uh, sequel to said games. There are times where I've known people to say to me, hey, man, I bought this song for Rock Band, and then the shit came out on the fucking sequel. I, you know, the frustration is there, and, you know, the poll, like I said, just a, such a small number of people um, is it, just poor research. I think that they should have, done, they should have gone past the, the thousand gamer threshold to get a better idea, because a lot of people, and I can guarantee you that at least... 99.9% .9 of the people in my forum know of downloadable content, excuse me, and have used it in some shape, way, or form. I think that while it was a useful poll, it didn't really accomplish anything in terms of down, downloadable content and the saturation that it has in the gaming marketplace. I mean, like I said, it, it's great that they're going out and they're trying to do these polls, but you're really going to just poll 800 gamers where the fuck were you polling them? In fucking bumfuck Iowa? The fact that 41% didn't even know, actually 43% didn't know what downloadable content was, is mind-boggling. It is the stupidest thing. I, how do you not know what downloadable content is? Self-explanatory. Content you download to enhance the game experience. What were they saying? Do you know what DLC is? Like a disease and shit? You know... With, you know, fucking disease lambcocks. Do you know what DLC is? That's what, that's what I'd answer the guy. Honestly, wh where were they polling these guys? It's, it's fucking absurd that 43% did not know what downloadable content was. It is, it, it's fucking 
stupid, you know, like they really need to go in there and do some more educating marketing. That's what I'm saying. But uh, nonetheless, for those of you that are fans of Pokemon, you guys can jump and cheer for joy because Heart Gold and Soul Silver have official release dates for North America. Um, they will be coming out March 14th, which of course coincides with the 10th anniversary of Pokemon Gold and Silver being released in North America. Uh, both games are going to be bundled with, you guys won't believe this shit, each game will come bundled with the Pokewalker, a Pokemon-themed pedometer that gains experience for your Pokemon as you walk. Oh my god. Really? A fucking pedometer? A Pokewalker? Really? Why don't you just release a blood pressure cuff, and every time you get mad and rage, your fucking Pokemon special attack powers go up? Really? Oh, my God. It, 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 I know that there's a stigma that gamers are out of shape and fat, but really, a pedometer with a fucking game? It's absurd. It is beyond ridiculous. And it looks like we have our first caller. You're on the air. Yo, yo. Hey, what's going on? Hey, what's up? I'm here to talk about a DLC. What do you got, man? Uh, I don't know. I'm going to have to disagree with you on the uh, DLC about about it not being um, not being worth it a lot of times. It really depends on what game. All right. Well, the the what I was getting at, and I, I can see where where you're going to go with it, but the reason I was saying that is a lot of these games, this downloadable content that they do offer, doesn't it isn't really super beneficial to make you hold on to the game longer. I mean, yeah, for a game like Call of Duty, you get a new map, you play it for a little bit, but it's not something that's going to keep dragging you in. I think that downloadable content sometimes is just an excuse for them to not add shit to the game and just, oh, you know, yeah, stick it in that. later on. But the, the whole thing with me is um, as far as, as, far as uh, Call of Duty goes, I, I can't stand when they release a new map pack. That's shit I got to do, you know what I mean? Like, that's that's something that's mandatory. Like otherwise you can't <laughs> play. And that shit should have just came with the game. You right. know what I mean? Like but for Fallout or Oblivion, I've downloaded every single piece of downloadable content that they have there. You know what I mean? Right. And uh that that shit added like at least fifty, sixty hours of gameplay for me personally anyhow. Well, it's funny you reference Fallout, because I was talking about this with a buddy of mine in my office, and he says to me, he's like, the only time I've ever gotten the most out of downloadable content was for Fallout. So it's funny you say that, but see, when you look at games like, an R like RPGs, you know, games that require fucking hours upon hours upon hours of gameplay, then I can understand it being worth something. But then on the same token, you have to ask yourself, like, why didn't you guys just put this in the fucking game? You know, like yeah, it works but, both ways, you know. Yeah, but I mean, I see them. I see them taking some time to to release this shit in terms of uh, like um, basically like for Fallout. All right, they still they still were working on perfecting the game when it was still coming out, so they didn't really have time to make all those expansions. And those expansions really did expand on the gameplay and expanded on the whole universe of Fallout. And it's the same thing with me for Oblivion. Like, Oblivion, every time a new piece of downloadable content came out, I freaking jizzed my pants. I was excited as shit. Like, I got right on there and downloaded that bitch. But, of um, course. But 
Another thing about the uh, Pokemon thing you were just talking about. Right. That, uh, that pedometer, John. That thing was already released. That that. that yeah, in Japan. No, no, in America they had the. Uh, it was it was a yellow Pikachu pet, right? And right. Uh, all it is is a repackaging of it. And um, I actually used to have it. When I was a lot younger, but. Um, yeah, like a Tamagotchi. Yeah, it was just like that, except for it, it worked on a pedometer system where you would earn coins, wow. and you'd earn the coins to do like uh, it had. It never really connected with the with the game itself, but um, no, I actually remember enjoying that thing. But but um, but don't you think yeah. it's a little it's a little hokey? I mean, yeah, no, it, I mean it's 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 cheap because because they're just repackaging the same shit. Oh, okay. That already came out. I mean, I swear to God, it is the same exact John that was already out. Wow, I'm gonna have to look that up so I can so I can post uh, some photos and give Nintendo a little shit because it's like way to go recycling a tired ass gimmick. Yeah, dude. The other one, it was it was yellow and it wasn't shaped like a circle. That's the only difference. The whole innards, everything is exactly the same. It was a pedometer. It was a pedometer and everything. I remember you sent to shake the shit out of it and it. It didn't promote exercise at all. It just you just sat there and shook the shit out of it until you had enough coins, and then you know, <laughs> and then you just did what you had to do to get it. But, well, uh, I'm I got a question for you. I, out of all the games you've played, and I'm more than sure you've played quite a bit, um, which is the game besides excluding Fallout that you feel had the most that was worth the money you spent on downloadable content? You gotta exclude Fallout though, like get, like because right. I just you know let's take an informal poll, you know, like right. other than other than Fallout or Oblivion, right? Um, I'll go with uh, Forza Three or okay. Forza Two rather, because I had a lot of tracks that came out, a lot of cars that really expanded on what they had. That was nice. Um, Mass Effect, that whole uh, bring down the sky. That yeah, I heard good. about that. Nice. Like Bethesda, Bethesda is real good with with uh, sending out good uh, DLC. But I mean, as far as map packs go, with Call of Duty World of War, like every single time I see one of them, it's like, damn it! Now I got to download that just so I can <laughs> play with some people online. It's 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 a damn obligation more than a, an opportunity. It's it really is a problem, especially in and I and it was you know like when I talked about this today. A lot of people are like, dude, the fucking Call of Duty, man. They just they just get us with with the map shit. Same thing with Gears of War. Like the first person shooters or third person shooters, they're like, oh yeah, we made a map of a fucking bathroom and a living room. That's it. that's the thing that's, that that annoys the hell out of me. It's like it's like, all right, if I can still play the game without having to download this map, then fine. But I can't. You know what I mean? You cannot play the game without downloading that map because. The second you go online on on World of War, I don't have. I downloaded the first map pack and never downloaded the second. The second you go online to to play, you get kicked out of rooms because you don't have the map pack, and either they get pissed because they can't play the match they want to play, or you get kicked out automatically because they don't have a server without the map pack already on it. Jesus, that's fucking frustrating as shit, man. That's why I think. That's why I don't like downloadable content. I think I've bought. Uh, personally, for me, that uh, that expanded my gameplay was for Burnout. Just because you bought a whole fucking new island, you know, and yeah, then you get... and Burnout. Burnout was real good with that because they gave you a lot of free shit too. Yep, Burnout they was really good. Gifts. 
and Little Big Planet to some extent. I bought some shit for Little Big Planet that's added, you know, that's added a little bit of gameplay. Um, yeah. th- you know, those two games to me. I mean, Street Fighter Four. You know, yeah, you you have to buy the costumes and shit, which is kind of hokey. I think that uh, for me, that was a bit of a fucking jip. You know, at sure. least at least give me you know give me one character, give me one. You know, but no, it's just I got I had to fucking buy a wardrobe. It's fucking yeah, absurd, see, but yeah, you know, it is what it is. DLC, as far as DLC is considered, I don't I don't just consider it um, like expansions and shit. I I always look to arcade and for the. Uh, you know, um, uh, what the hell is that? The uh, the community marketplace where they can make their own games, like the uh, the indie games for Xbox. Like, oh yeah, yeah, I like N Plus. Yeah, like 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 the the arcade and shit. Like I download all that. I got like I got maybe thirty thirty arcade games that I download, and that's what I spend most of my points on. I don't really bother with too much downloadable content unless I really like the game, and it's and it's really a pain in the ass if it's only a game you're renting. You know oh, yeah, I mean? absolutely. Like, if, well, you know... If you're, a lot if of Gamefly shit, yeah. Yeah, if you're just writing for something from X, or from a, from Blockbuster, you ain't going to want to download no content for it and freaking sit there, and then the second this, the second the game's back, you just wasted your eight bucks, and then it's gone. I, I got to agree there. But, you know, the other thing, too, is the fact that with a lot of these games, you can't even enjoy certain things because they'll just limit the game. They'll be like, oh, yeah, you need this map pack for the rest of this game. And it's like, are you kidding me? You know, like, yeah, that's like the problem three, that right? annoys me. Like, Forza 3, I love I love the new cars, okay? I downloaded them myself, okay? I, I, actually, I actually bought the points, downloaded all the car packs, but the problem is, why can't they make it so that I can see the cars that are on there? You know what I mean? Like, update their yep. servers and make an update for the game where I might not be able to buy that car but I could see somebody else with it because the other way is you see this invisible blue car, and all it says is DLC car. You have no idea what it is. Oh, my God. And, and, and you can't even see it until you download it and buy it yourself. So mm. it's like it's, it's, it's kind of like no matter what they do, they're trying to trick you into, into buying it regardless of whether you want it or not because it affects the realism of the gameplay or it affects your server status, or it affects your ability to play with other people. And that's, and that's when DLC gets in the way and is, is, lo- is no longer a benefit. It's, a, it's detrimental to the game itself. There you go, man. I, I appreciate that. You brought, you brought in a, a lot of valid points. Um, what, this, this is your first time calling in, man? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, solid, solid call, man, solid call. Definitely um, <laughs> stick around. I, I appreciate the call, and welcome to the show. I'll, I'll probably call in quite often. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks a lot. All right, man. Peace. All right, buddy. Appreciate it. This is, yo, this Peace. is for your man. All right, cool. You want Xbox? <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah, my, um, just go to mytakeradio.com. My uh, contact info is on there. We can hook up on live or some shit. All right, will do. All right, later. All right, peace, man. All right, before I take the next call, it's um, it's funny because and and you know he he brings up a, a valid point that. In some cases, it does add significant, significant value to the game. I mean, I'm not a dude that plays Fallout or Oblivion, but like, you know, just not because, not because I don't want to play them because I should, but because a lot of people say, hey, man, you know, such and such add-on just gave me like 70 more hours of gameplay, which is good because sometimes you toss the game to the side and shit, especially if you don't sell them, and it enhances the shelf life. It's, it's a plus, you know? 
But we'll see what happens. Let's uh, take our next call. You're on the air. What's up? What's up, boss man? What's going on? No, oh, I'm just showing I'm working off of uh, Spooky's comments about DLC. And uh, especially, of course, i got to go back to my staple, Pokemon. I can't speak on the original uh, pedometer thing that they had 10 years ago, but while I'm a little bit pissed at the overall game, because it's a rehash of, of gold and silver, and as much as I play the game, and I know I will probably still buy the shit, I don't need to play gold and silver again. They did that shit with um, Fire Red and Leaf Green, which were remakes of the original games Red and Green, and it fucking sucked. And I have a bad feeling this might fucking suck also. But the pedometer thing, it's not the same thing as what it was 10 years ago. Because now you can take any single Pokemon in your game, trade it to the pedometer, and walk around, and it gets experience points. Right. And um, a lot of people might say, well, what the fuck is good in that if you're not actually playing with it? A lot of people know one of the more popular characters, Gyarados, which is a really powerful fighter, yep. comes from Magikarp, which is the... One of the two most the useless Pokemon in the game. Exactly. The stupid fish. That fucking it goes to level 100 and no splash. What a fucking lame... Before, before you continue, this is my anger with Pokemon. Do they, <laughs> do they fucking sit there and just go, hey, we need to come up with Pokemon number 950. He'll be rare. What should he do? Oh, you know what? We should just make him fart dust. That'll do it. And we'll call him Dusty. <laughs> and before you know it, everybody's creaming in their pants. Oh, my God, I got to catch Dusty. It's like, who comes up with this shit? You, you have a fish, a giant koi, that splashes around for an attack. Are you fucking kidding me? I'd eat that motherfucker. What is that shit? Oh, my God. <laughs> the whole concept of that was supposed to be irony, because, like, you got this giant fucking sea dragon that destroys cities and shit, according to the description of it, that comes from this fucking fish that's not even good for food, because it's all bone. That's fucking awful. I swear, the mythology in Pokemon, those motherfuckers must have done some serious drugs when they came up oh, with half yeah. of that shit. I'm like... You have little kids that are supposed to walk around and train shit that fucking kills people in their sleep. Jesus. You got Pokemon, their description is it fucking walk around and walks around and kills people. Like, and 10-year-old children are supposed to catch and train this thing? Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. But, I mean, like I said, the forum, and like you said, and like Spooky said, downloadable content is a mixed bag. It really depends on the game. You got bullshit, like, I don't know, like, um... Go ahead, uh, come on, I know you got one in there. (laughs) As we always say every year, fucking basically Madden's downloadable content that you pay $60 for. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I have something beautiful to talk about Madden, so we'll we'll, kind of gloss over Madden for a second. (laughs) (laughs) 
But um, here's the here's the funny thing. Pokemon's gonna come out March 14th, and it's gonna be competing against Final Fantasy 13, Shin Megami Tensei: Strange Journey, and Yakuza 3. Now, with that being said, do you even think that Pokemon's gonna make that sort of a dent for a game that's already been out? Especially because yes, you play RPGs, you think you think it's gonna stop fucking Final Fantasy 13? Pokemon sells worldwide a lot better than Final Fantasy. Yeah, but it's fucking Final Fantasy. Motherfuckers eat, sleep, fucking shit this game. Yes, they do. And believe it or not, they eat, sleep, and shit Pokemon even more. Oh, my God. The only thing they eat, shit, and sleep more than Pokemon and Final Fantasy is fucking, what's the name, um, Dragon Quest. They will, in Japan, they will not release Dragon Quest on a Friday because motherfuckers won't come to work. They literally Jeez. will skip out of work and out of school to wait online and buy the game. Jesus Christ. I tell you, man. You, you know, it's, it's strange because I, while I agree that Pokemon is a phenomenon, it disturbs me because Heart Gold and Soul Silver. Are re are rehashes? Don't you feel that they're rehashes already of existing Pokemon games, though? Well, they exactly are. It's literally a DS remake of the Game Boy Color games, Pokemon Gold and Pokemon Silver. And anybody who is living in a fucking box and doesn't believe that, just look at the fucking box art. On Heart Gold, you have Ho Oh which was the character on the cover of Gold. And on Soul Silver, you have Lugia, which was the character on the cover of Silver. Jesus. Because those were the big legendary Pokemon in those two games. Yeah. But see, that's, that's what, what bugs me. And, it, it, you know, I, I can go on and on about the, 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 the shitty virtues of Pokemon, but we only got two and a half hours. So uh, <laughs> let's, uh, let's go through the rest. Did you have anything else to add about that? Well, it's like you got your mid-range DLC, like the beat-em-up levels in Batman, which, I mean, I personally enjoy, but once you finish them, you finish them. You got the somewhat useless DLC, which unfortunately they mentioned in the, the chat is one of my favorite games from last year, Infamous. They added a power, which if you pre-ordered the game, you got it anyway, and you added it after everybody who loved the game beat the shit out of it twice. What the fuck oh, am I going to do with it now? Late. Yeah, they're a little exactly. fucking late. Wonderful. And then you have the freaking, the greatest kind of DLC, which is free DLC, which really I haven't seen much of since Burnout Paradise. And that was a lot, that was a lot of great downloadable content. Even some oh, of, yeah, a lot of the paid content was great. Uh, well, I say this. If they continue to follow the trend that Burnout set with a lot of great free shit and maybe one or two big paid items, I think more people would go for it. But when they just keep nickel and diming the fuck out of you, it, it's just very disconcerting. It fucking annoys the shit out of me. But whatever. Fuck them. Fuck Pokemon. I know you like it, but fuck them too. But actually, Pokemon, other than Burnout Paradise, is one of the few games that actually gives you free downloadable content. Yeah, but you gotta, like, fucking go and stand in line with, like, some snot-nosed kid in Toys R Us and his fat mother so you can get no, it. No, you don't have to stand in line. 
You just walk around Toys R Us, turn your shit on, get what you got to get, you turn it off, and you keep going. Oh, okay. Eh, all right. It's like it's they they turn on the the Wi-Fi in a certain area in the store. You download the shit, and you're, you're done. Oh, all right. That's a cool little concept. All right, I'm not going to shit on it too much, but fuck Pokemon anyway. All right. <laughs> Let's, uh, let me move on. I will, uh... I know you'll, you'll probably call back because, boy, is it going to get good. Oh, God. Yeah, it's going to be bad. I think Bronx wants to raise. He's talking shit about me, so he must want to say something. Oh, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get better. All right, buddy. All right, talk to you later. All right, man. Thanks. Peace. All right. With that being said, of course, um, I appreciate Slick helping me segue into Madden because Madden of course, as we all know, or as I like to call it, Roster Update 2010, going into Roster Update 2011, is working on trying some new quote-unquote innovations. As such, the CEO, uh, John Ricciatello, said that he was unhappy with the sales of Madden 2010 and, remo- and revealed during the EA conference call that there would be an innovative and new take on Madden. Um, he didn't give too many details, he did say it's not like they, you know, he was saying that, you know, they added Madden Ultimate Team, but what they're working on is just going to revolutionize the game. Now, dear EA CEO John Ricciatello, you want innovative? How about letting mistresses kill the football players before the game? There you go. How's that for innovation? How about um, a mini game where you have to drive from the hotel drunk to the game and not kill anybody how about that for innovation how about um creating your own touchdown celebration and flipping the bird to the fans how's that for innovation here's the there is nothing left to make madden any better i don't give a shit unless they put a fucking camera in the quarterback's ball bag so that he can see down the field when the tack when when the, you know, the defensive line is coming at him, there is honestly nothing left. What can you do? Make the graphics better? Okay, fine. You got me there. You can make the graphics better. But in making the graphics better, you don't warrant people buying six, you know, paying 60 bucks for the same game, especially when, like, Brett Favre will come out of retirement and they'll be like, oh, you can download Brett Favre this week. Why would I download him if I had him in the last game? Oh, you know, it's Madden. If you're going to release a new Madden every year, charge me $30 for it. Because when I get tired of playing it, I won't feel bad that GameStop gives me $3. Or sometimes it won't even take it. Have you ever gone into GameStop say, eh, I don't know. Madden comes out in August. By January or February, and the middle shelf, when it's in alphabetical order, is just... The M shelf, one whole row is filled with Madden. Every kind, you know, 2010, 2009, 2008, 2006, 2004. Why? Because after you play the game for a little bit, the longevity goes out the fucking window. And I don't understand how these fucking sheep camp out to buy the same fucking game year after year. It's like, are you, are you retarded? Did they, did they drop you on your head when you were a kid? I don't understand. I think the fact of the matter is that 
if you're going to keep popping out Madden games every year and you're going to quote-unquote innovate and it's the same shit every year, at least charge me $30. You know, at least if you're going to rape me, give me the courtesy of a reach-around. For real. You know, this is the shit that just irritates me with EA. That's why I haven't bought a Madden game in years because of shit like this. It's, it's disgusting, and it just annoys the fuck out of me. But you know what? Fuck you, EA. Fuck you, Madden. Let's move on. Those of you that are fortunate enough to own Tekken 6, myself included, and thought that the scenario campaign was pretty shitty, uh, there's a new update coming January 18th for the 360 and the PS3 that will allow two players to play the scenario campaign together online. With that being said, they're also, they're also going to add a leaderboard to see how the co-op skills match up against other people. I actually think that that's a really good idea because, fuck, is that campaign scenario shit boring? It really is. It is, uh, it, you know, it's, it's fun, I guess, but the novelty wears off really fucking quick. So definitely adding a little online co-op in there is beneficial, and I definitely like that a lot and it'll maybe motivate me to play more. We'll see what happens. After months of rumors, of course, it's no secret Netflix is coming to the Nintendo Wii. Uh, the streaming content will be available this spring. Much like the PS3 owners, the Wii owners are going to need to get a disc from, the, from Netflix in order to access the service. To get that disc, just head over to netflix.com slash Wii, and you'll be able to get that disc and watch... Wii content on, well, watch Netflix content on your Wii. Uh, just an FYI, there will be no HD content streaming for the Wii. That will only be on the 360 and the PS3. So if you have a Wii and that's your primary system and you have Netflix and want to stream it, then by all means, head over to that, check that out, and get that for yourself. I, I mean, I can't, I can't go too in-depth into it because I have Netflix, it's a great service. They have a great business model. Uh, Gamefly, much like Netflix, great business model, successful companies. And it's cool that they're allowing more content to stream to these devices because if you walk into most American living rooms, the centerpiece is some sort of a game console. And, you know, for older households, the centerpiece will be the DVD player. And it's good that the Netflix streaming is becoming more prevalent because this will be the future and I like that all these companies are embracing it so well. So definitely kudos to Netflix and kudos to Nintendo as well for jumping on the bandwagon. Uh, da, 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 da. Ah, yes, Modern Warfare. Prepare, prepare to hear the most ridiculous stat ever. Modern Warfare 2 has just surpassed another benchmark. Activision announced that the game has reached over $1 billion in retail sales. $1 billion. Not 100000 not a million, $1 billion, with a fucking B. Out of all those sales, an estimated $550 million were made within the first five days of its release. Most of the other half of the sales can be expected to have come from Christmas time, and, other, and other, you know, other holidays during that season. Call of Duty Modern Warfare has exceeded our expectations and shattered theatrical box office and video game records, said Robert Kotick, CEO of Activision Blizzard. There are only a handful of entertainment properties that have ever reached the $1 billion mark. 
which illustrates the power of the Call of Duty franchise and the mass appeal of this game. The game probably isn't done making money, though, because downloadable content is going to be coming out later on this year. So continue to be raped by the Call of Duty franchise. But props to them, fucking $1 billion in retail sales. It just blows my fucking mind. Like, those motherfuckers in Blizzard are probably snorting lines of coke on glass tables and lighting cigars with $100 bills. For a $60 game to cross the $1 billion threshold... It's, it's fucking insanity. Insanity. That's all it is. But here's the rest of the MPD numbers, and it's going to get even crazier. Uh, Nintendo's Wii, of course, moved 3.8 million units during, that, during the holiday season, clearly dominating December sales numbers and outselling the PS3 and the 360. Both ended the year in a deadlock with just 50,000 units separating the two. Mind you, it gets better. Sony's PlayStation 2 continues to move units with over 300,000 sold. Who the fuck is buying PlayStation 2s? Who? You know, is it the Koreans? Is it fucking some foreign government? Like, really, who is buying 300,000 PS2s? Please, somebody tell me. But before we go into some more stats, let's take another call. I don't know what the fuck is up with the switchboard? Caller, you're on the air. What's going on, Akuma? It's Bob. Hey, Bob, what's up? Hey, just wanted to chime in about that Tekken 6. I'll tell you right now, I paid $60 for that game, and all it got me was a broken arcade stick. Yeah, I've heard that a lot. I mean, I got Tekken 6 also, dude, and there is a lot of frustration that is to be had. I'm assuming, did you play the scenario mode? Yeah, I got to the end of it, and Jin Kazama is what broke my stick. There you go. Well, here's, here's the best part. Was it even worth it? Because the, the, did you get the ending? No. See? It sits on my shelf now in that little part where games will never be touched again until I can find some moron to buy it off me. It, it's appalling. Whatever happened to just beating the game in arcade mode and getting the endings? That scenario yeah. shit was, was, it, it, it was lost to me. I don't know why they went that direction. And whatever the obnoxious giant boss number 427 was in this game was a lot easier to beat than the frickin' scenario mode. Yeah, that MGS 427 shit. Let me tell you, I honestly think that these guys are compensating for small dicks. Because what is the deal with every boss taking up the whole fucking screen? Hmm... They didn't you know pull that, that caliber. Exactly. It's like, what is that? What is these giant bosses that you can't kill? Like that MG427 shit, it's like, I think I killed it one time. It's like, why can this thing not die? Yeah. Uh, I honestly, they better not even make another fucking Tekken game, because if they do, then I'm just going to stop with Namco. Uh, they really should just hang it up, because here's the best part. I love reading the descriptions for the characters, because they're all related to Mishima somehow. His sister's yeah. nephew's brother's cousin, his brother's uncle, his gay father, his nephew, his stepson, his adopted foster kid, his little Cambodian servant boy. It, it's absurd. Hey, Hachi's traveling around the world setting up fucking franchises. Uh, uh, for real, uh, you know, when I started playing the new one, I was like, all right, this Lars guy, all right, he has the Kazuya hair. Oh, let me guess. Of course, he's related to him. Why am I not fucking surprised? 
Yeah, exactly. I really think that the Tekken franchise has jumped the shark. I have to agree with you. And they should really just focus their power on making Soul Calibur their, more, their marquee franchise and starting something new. Yeah. The only thing they got to chill out with Soul Calibur is they got to chill out on the independent titty physics. Oh, well, you know what? They, tar- they borrowed that from Team Ninja. Because Team Ninja oh. does that, too. The boob thing. Yeah. I heard a little out of hand. Access controller where you can tilt it, and what is it? Ioni's titties and uh, Ninja Gaiden go all sorts of directions. Yep, that is. But but you know what it is? Why why add that in? I mean, don't get me wrong. You want to make the girls hot? That's fine. You want to give the, the 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 really really nerdy dudes something to spank to? That's great. But you know what? When it detracts from the game, when gravity detracts from the game, when I have a female ninja who's supposed to be throwing ninja stars with a 38 tit floating in front of her face, it fucks me up. How are you throwing a ninja star without impaling yourself? What kunai is flying out of your hand without taking its nip- your nipple with it? Who? Who thought of that? It's, Little it's did a we know I honey, really robo-geisha. It probably is the case, dude. I, I wouldn't even doubt it. It's, it's, a, it's definitely absurd. Ugh. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens. Thanks for the call, Bob. Have a good one, bro. All right, man. You're the man, Bob. All right. Wouldn't be a Bob call without a Bob fact. Bob actually was the guy that invented Post-it notes. Just so you know. Just sharing it with you guys. Bob invented Post-it notes. Now you know. Moving on. So, like I was saying, the Wii, 381 million consoles. 1.3 million for the PlayStation, 1.3 million for the Xbox 360, separated by 50,000 units. The fucking PlayStation 2 with 300,000 copies is just... I don't understand. I I don't. I don't understand who has 300,000 PlayStation 2s. Like, where are they? Who's walking into a Target, a Walmart, and a Best Buy and going, you know what, I'm going to buy me a PS2. Who the fuck is doing it? Unless it's those guys that got the PS3 that isn't backwards compatible. Who's buying this shit? I really want to know. I really would like someone from Sony to get at me and tell me who is buying this. Like, there has to be some sort of a database that's tracking all these SKUs to let us know where they're going. Because... I, I need to know. There has to be some investigative journalism. Someone please find 300,000 PS2s. I'm begging you, please find them. In other hardware sales, the DS fucking killed for the holiday season with 3.3 million consoles sold. PSP, 650,000. So, you know, Nintendo was the winner on the, on the software side of things, too. And the numbers, once again, just, just fucking insane. New Super Mario Brothers, 2.8 million copies sold. Wii Fit Plus, 20 bucks. 2.4 million copies sold. Wii Sports Resort, 1.7 million um, copies sold. Wii games are the top three in in, in sold copies for the month of December. Four and five are Call of Duty. 1.6 on the 360, 1.2 on the PS3. We Play, which is old as shit, 1 million copies. Why? Because motherfuckers wanted that extra controller. Mario Kart for the Wii, 936,000. Assassin's Creed 2, 
783,000 units. Left 4 Dead 2, 728. Mario and Luigi, Bowser's Inside Story, uh, 656,000 units. Mind you, let, here are the numbers from last year. The Wii last year sold 215 million consoles. Huge increase. Xbox 360, 1.4 million. Slight decrease. PS3, 726,000. Obviously an increase. PS2, 410,000. Slight decrease. By, by slight, I mean not much for a console that's older than shit. It's, it's, I, I, need, I need to know. Someone needs to find out for me. But it gets better. The 2009 totals for the whole year, the Wii sold 9,584,000 units. Double, almost, well, du practically double the Xbox 360's 4,770,000. PS3, 4,325,000. PS2, in 2009... 1,800,000 consoles. Who? I, I really want to know who is buying them. That is a redonkulous number. 1,800,000 consoles. For the PS2 is disgusting. It's just disgusting. The DS slash DSi sold 11 million units. The PSP slash PSP Go, because they combined them, 2 million 495,000. That is practically, oh my god, it's, it's just disgusting that Nintendo's just running away with the ball. I can't even look at these numbers without wishing to be uh, a stockholder in Nintendo or a stockholder in fucking Xbox, you know, in Microsoft. I'd be fucking swimming in money like Scrooge McDuck right now if I were a stockholder for Nintendo with the fucking ridiculous money they're making. It's, it's absurd. It really is. With that being said, we're going to take another commercial break, and we're going to talk some movies right after this. You know those shows where they play video game music, and they laugh in, like, really high voices, like... <laughs> well, you won't listen to that on our show, because uh, we don't have the budget for that kind of thing. We're broke as hell. And uh, nobody really cares that much to laugh that hard. So, um, if you're looking for a show like that, that has horrible audio quality and uh, void of fake laughter, Video Game News Radio, 11 p.m. Tuesday nights, on all games. All right, My Take Radio, we're back. Movies, that's what we're going to talk about. A whole bunch of shit went on this week in the movie industry. And it's a majority of it pertaining to fucking superhero movies. So right off the bat, if you don't want to hear about superhero movies, uh, pause, pause the player or keep it moving because there's a lot of shit that went down. First off, let's start off with Go the Ghost Rider franchise. Ah, uh, yes. If many of you remember, Nicolas Cage's hair plugs went on fire and turned him into the proverbial spirit of vengeance known as Ghost Rider. Of course, the movie was met with lukewarm response. I, for one, thought that it was hokey as shit. The only cool thing was Ghost Rider himself and the fucking bike. The story was fucking abysmal. The bad guy was the fucking emo kid from... What the fuck was that movie? That Kevin Spacey shit. Ah, oh, Shit. Anyway... 
that fucking kid was the bad guy, and fucking Peter Fonda was Mephisto. It, it was like he had fucking soul glow in his hair. It, it, the whole thing was a, a train wreck. With that said, though, it was only a matter of time before they started talking sequels. The first bit of news was that the guy who directed it previously, Mark Stephen Johnson, is not directing the sequel. The hope is that David Goyer, who wrote the script, will direct it as well. Also, the Ava Mendez, Roxanne Simpson character, gone. They're getting rid of that. The film is going to take place in Europe. Why? I don't know. But let me guess, because it's cheaper to film over there. And supposedly it's going to be called Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance, and will have a quote-unquote hard PG-13 rating. I don't exactly know what a hard PG-13 rating is, but if it's the same hard PG-13 rating that went into the previous Ghost Rider, you can fucking keep it. Because Ghost Rider comics, violent. Not on violence on par with The Punisher, but definitely violent. And a hard PG-13 is going to be, quote to me at least, is going to be interesting. The film is going to pretty much be a reboot, because that's the buzzword this week, reboot. And it's going to possibly be, possibly, ugh, possibly be shot in 3D. So a hard PG-13 rating and a 3D Ghost Rider. It, look, get a new lead. How about that? Let's start with that. Fucking Nicolas Cage's flaming hair plugs and his shiny forehead. I'm supposed to believe that he has a full head of hair when the motherfucker has fucking Chucky from Child's Play hairdo going on? Really? Have you seen his hair in Ghost Rider? It's like Chucky. It's like fucking my buddy. It is disgusting. But we'll see where it goes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be... Uh, uh, apprehensive but intrigued to see how it goes. In regards to our one of our favorite franchises, the Iron Man franchise, because everybody loves it right now because people hate fucking Spider-Man, uh, comic book artist Bob Layton recently spoke with MTV about the Iron Man franchise, and here's some highlights. He said that he feels that he has a, a perfect story set up for the Iron Man 3, mind you, 2 is not out, and he wants to capitalize on the demon in a bottle storyline, of course, involving Tony Stark's alcoholism, which is fine. Um, when asked about War Machine as a spinoff and an appearance in the Avengers, he said, and I quote, if they're doing the Avengers film, they always have the option of using War Machine instead of Iron Man, depending upon what happens contractually. But there's always the possibility that if it goes well, it can spin off. Obviously, War Machine's character is a different character and a different motivation than the Iron Man character. So, with that being said, they're already planning for Iron Man 3 without even finishing Iron Man 2. Nonetheless, Iron Man hasn't disappointed me thus far. We can only hope that 2 is as good as 1. Definitely a better ending sequence because the whole 3%... I'm going to fight the Ironmonger. It wasn't sold on it, but it was cool up until that. That being said, it gets better. A little DC news. Um, I spoke a little bit about the Green Lantern film, which, of course, is going to have Ryan Reynolds as the in the role as Hal Jordan and also Green Lantern. Um, his love interest slash potential villain is, is going to be played by Blake Lively. For those of you that don't know who Blake Lively is, uh, you can catch her and her vacant stare on the CW show uh, Gossip Girl. That's what she does. Her, uh, 
Her acting, subpar. How she looks? Yeah, she looks good. She does. She's a good-looking chick. Acting-wise, paper, a paper fucking toilet paper tube has more charisma than she does. But Blake Lively beat out, get this, Carrie Russell and Jennifer Garner. So neither one of them would have worked. So eh, I guess it's the lesser of two evils. Nonetheless, Blake, Blake Lively's character... Carol Ferris does end up becoming a villain of Green Lantern. Whether they choose to do that in this one remains to be seen. But with that being said, they also announced some other casting news. Uh, where the fuck is it? Where are my notes? And why are they fucked up? Ah, yes. Peter Sarsgaard is also going to be opposite Ryan Reynolds. He's going to be playing the villain. Um, he's going to be playing Dr. Hector Hammond, who actually is one of the earlier Green Lantern villains who ends up developing like psychic powers after messing with a fallen meteor. Um, I think Peter Sarsgaard is a great actor, and he'll be definitely really good alongside Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. And to finish it off, Jackie Earl Hartley will be playing Sinestro. It hasn't been confirmed, but all signs port, point to uh, Jackie Earl Hartley playing, well, Jackie Earl Haley, sorry, playing Sinestro. I think that him as Sinestro is a perfect fit. Sinestro has... Pretty much the same facial features as Jackie Earl. I'm definitely looking forward to that. Plus, any movie he's in, he usually does a great job. And, I mean, in Watchmen as Rorschach, he was fantastic. So, definitely want to see that. Of course, it wouldn't be movie news without talking about Avatar. Avatar continues to rape the box office with its blue tentacle dreadlocks. Um, it earned $48.5 million over the weekend. In four weeks, it's made $429 million. It just continues to rape the box office, and it gets better. Sherlock Holmes was number two. Alvin and the Chipmunks was number three. Daybreakers was four. It's Complicated was five. It's complicated that people fucking actually go to see that shit. Leap Year was six. The Blind Side was seven. Up in the Air was eight. Youth and Revolt, which I actually thought was going to be far more successful, came in at nine, and The Princess and the Frog came in at ten. But here's the best part. Avatar ranks the following, domestic. From a domestic standpoint, Titanic is the number one movie ever, domestically. Dark Knight is number two. Star Wars is number three. Shrek 2 is number four. E.T. is five. Phantom Menace is six. And Avatar is seven. Worldwide, Titanic is still number one. $1.8 billion. Avatar, number two, 1.3. It's ridiculous. Return of the King is number three. Pirates of the Caribbean was four, and The Dark Knight is five. So worldwide, Avatar is fucking up everybody. It's absurd. It really is. I mean, I'm not shitting on the movie, but definitely just the redonkulous amounts of money. But... Hey, props to James Cameron for putting out something that people want to watch. Uh, for those of you that are fans of Arrested Development, Will Arnett confirmed that Arrested Development will have a movie that will be going into production sometime this year. And now, for the big to-do, Spider-Man 4. It wouldn't be a show without Spider-Man 4. Number one, there's not going to be a Spider-Man 4. So, for those of you all excited, not happening. 
Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man. Eh-eh. Sam Raimi as director. Not happening. Here's what ended up happening. Sony announced that Sam Raimi, director of the first three Spider-Man films, has backed out of the next one due to creative differences. Tobey Maguire has also backed out now, and Sony is planning for the next film to be a total franchise reboot that will start with a Peter Parker character back in high school. This new film, which won't be Spider-Man 4, is now set for release in 2012. So, with that said, looks like we got a caller before I go into the rest of the story. Let's see what they got. Hmm. Caller, you're on the air. Are you talking to me? Ah, what's going on, Anderson? Nothing. What's going on? You know... Uh, before here. before you go into it, before you go into it, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Don Anderson, host of Tumbling with Tumbleweed, which you can hear Tuesdays at 10 p.m. on the Blog Talk Radio Network. Proceed. Thank you, thank you, sir. Uh, no, I, you know, I, I was listening to you. I've been listening to the show tonight, and I was listening to the, you know, the movie talk. The comic book movies always intrigue me. Of course. And I knew it was coming. And I had, you know, I had a little vent about it on Tuesday on my show, and I just, I yes, just wanted sir. to hear you. I wanted to hear what you had to say, and I just wanted to bounce a few things between you. Go ahead. Okay. Well, um, let me ask you a question. Would you, would you like to see a movie with? Oh no, this is hypothetical. A movie with uh, Tobey Maguire done by Sam Raimi, where you don't necessarily know what villains you're going to get. There's a chance you could get something stupid that the studio wants you to have, or there's something. There's a chance you could get maybe something cool that Sam Raimi does. You don't know. You might get another Spider-Man 3. You might get a Spider-Man 1. You know, you don't know. Right. Or, or, like a grab bag. Right. You don't know. You can, you can either have that choice, or on the other side, you have a, 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 a Spider-Man movie done by a new director with new actors, and they said it's going to focus on the teen years of Spider-Man. Well, the fucking last thing I remember is that he got bit right before college. Right. So there is no Spider-Man teen years. <laughs> so well, it's just, go ahead. What is the story going to just be? It's going to be the same thing, isn't it? It's going to be him going to school. Hey, Mary Jane, I want to be your friend. I want to be your boyfriend. You're a loser. Flash Thompson pushes down. I'm gay. I got I got bit by a spider. Ouch! It hurts. Oh, look! I can cling the walls. Oh, Uncle Ben. And then that's it. And you're like, okay, great. I just paid to see the first movie again done by somebody different. Well, what they're going to probably do is, and I'm more than sure uh, Bronx in the forums, I mean in the chat may agree, is they may possibly go with the Ultimate Spider-Man storyline. Uh, the Ultimate Spider-Man storyline is a little bit more apropos for the reboot, just because it goes back to young Spider-Man. Um, it, it pretty much plays out similar but, you know, it, it kind of adds that, that youth to it. So you can kind of get away with certain little things and make certain little alterations because of the quote-unquote ultimate universe. Now, the Sam Raimi thing, in terms of that, the Sam Raimi thing, I really gave him a lot of shit. I did. And I can go back ten episodes, say that, you know, Sam Raimi's a cocksucker, Tobey Maguire's an emo douchebag, blah, 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 blah. When I finally sat down and heard the real story, I was like, wow, Sony's really full of shit. Because originally, Sam Raimi was like, all right, we're going to do the third movie. I want the Sandman and the Vulture. 
and I think the whole new goblin thing was still in there. Everybody was like, all right, all right, that's cool. Sony comes back, they're like, you know, fucking Vulture, he sucks. Why don't you put Venom in? Nah, you know, I don't like Venom. You guys have heard my interviews. I'm not really high on the Venom character. It's too early in the story, blah, 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 blah. Look, man, you got to put him in. It's going to make a fuckload of money. And we're paying you, so you got to do what we say. You sure you want me to do that? Yeah, we want Venom in the movie. All right. Yeah. Cue the fucking dancing Peter Parker emo sequence with the fucking, hey, with the Fonz fucking finger right. point while he's walking down uh, a city in Manhattan. Huh? That was Sam Raimi's fuck you to the studio. He was like, all right, you want this shit in there? This is how I'm doing it. Fuck you. Right. And, of course, you know, the fans were like, you know, this is fucking bullshit, man. Sam Raimi's an asshole, man. I was one of them. When I found out the meat and potatoes of it, guess what happened this time? History repeated itself. Sam Raimi goes, all right, finally, I'm going to put the vulture in the movie, and I'm probably going to have the lizard, and maybe Black Cat, and all right, we're good. Yeah, you know, you need to really go and look at the newer comics and pull somebody out of there. Because that way, you know, it'll keep it current. You know, when, when it's your project, it's your fucking project. Yeah, you guys are paying the bills, but last time I checked, Raimi did a good job with the first and second Spider-Man. Right. It wasn't until the studio wanted to have a dick measuring contest that the shit got fucked up. So I'd rather have Raimi doing it with Maguire, but Raimi needs full control. Right. Period. That's it. I, I'll take it. I, I'd, rather, I'd rather Raimi and Maguire... And, you know, deal with the devil I do know versus the devil I don't. Because, trust me, it's going to get a lot more interesting when I read the rest. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's just, I mean, so so basically the new movie is just going to be the same story with just a little twist. Just, yeah, there's going to probably be some twist. Yeah, they're probably going to use Ultimate Spider-Man. That's where I see it going. Again, I could be fucking wrong because who knows what the fuck Sony's doing. Because, see... If Marvel owned the rights to Spider-Man, Spider-Man would probably have popped up already in at least a Fantastic Four movie or somewhere. But since it's owned right. by Sony, you know, they want to have their own little microcosm, their own universe. That's what's going to end up happening. I feel you. I mean, what would you, what would you rather do? Well here's, here's, well, here's the point I was making on Tuesday, is you don't have to change the whole direction of the storyline. Yep, because I agree. It's not, because it's not like, it's not like uh, you know, uh, look, there was two Punisher movies. That was the same. Oh, wait, no, that wasn't the same actor, was it? No, that was somebody different, right? Yeah, okay, well, the Hulk movie. The Hulk movie, oh, wait, no, that was two different actors as well, right? Yeah, reboot. Right, right, okay. And then and then Iron Man, well, they they kept the same guys, didn't they? No, wait, they're changing Rhodey. They got Cheadle now instead of, uh, uh, what's his face? And, yep. uh, okay, so, 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 okay, how about Batman? Oh wait a minute! There's a whole franchise based on like five different actors playing the lead character, and, they, <laughs> and and it's not like they had to, you know. Okay, let's go do the old man Batman, or let's go do the, uh, you know, he's got a broken back now, and, and now Robin steps up, and you know, they never, they never, they never did uh, anything crazy like that. I mean, they did out of out of order. You know, does that make sense? Oh yeah, I, I agree. But you know what it is? It's just been the proverbial fuck ups. It's always a pissing contest. It's always. Either the actor doesn't want to be tied to the franchise because he doesn't just want to be known as Batman slash Spider-Man because that was originally what McGuire was saying after 2. He's like, you know, I think with 2 I'm good. I really don't want to do 3. You know, I want to do other shit. Oh, dude, you've got to come back and do 3. It was just a half-assed job by everybody involved. 
Right. And I, and I have no problem if they change the actors. That's fine. But the fact of the matter is they're going to go in a completely different direction, and they're going to give you pretty much the same story that you already had. And it's just like, I mean, how many how many of those Batman movies did you have to see the recreation of his parents getting shot in an alleyway? You know, there's every every movie had it. And it's like, I we know. I can fucking do that with Legos and tell the story. It's like, I fucking know. <laughs> you don't have to tell me. All right? People all across the world know who the fuck Spider-Man is. They know he was bitten by a radioactive spider. And if you film that sequence, I'm going to puke. It's, it's not even, I don't like to puke. That's it. Well, we'll see what happens, Anderson, because it should, it should right. get better. Right on. We'll get back on with your shit. All right, dude. Tumble with Tumble with Tuesdays, 10 p.m. Don Anderson. Peace. Peace. All right. It looks like the lines are a flutter with phone calls. Let's see who we got next. You're on the air. Who's this? Yo, it's Ant. Oh, I was waiting, waiting for that hey, call. What do you got? Yeah, um, I'm kind of light tonight because, uh, you know, it's not really hitting up the conversation that I wanted to get to, but I do have some things to say about Iron Man and Spider-Man and the Avengers and stuff. Let's hear uh, it. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of the Avengers. Like, I am. I, I like the Avengers and all, but I never really got too deep into it. But uh, I thought that Spider-Man was part of the Avengers, and I just learned recently that he was in the new Avengers, which means that Spider-Man doesn't have to be in the new Avengers movie that's coming out soon. So that leaves a whole bunch of tension now that Sam Raimi and Tobey Maguire are pretty much gone. And, right. uh Yeah, so like, I was worried that, that because Tobey Maguire is no longer part of, the, part of the thing, that Spider-Man was no longer going to be part of Avengers, and that would make a hole in the story. But it's not. Like, I don't care now if, if, we, if we never see Spider-Man again. I mean, of course, we're going to get a reboot. But I don't even care anymore because, like, you can ask anybody. I'm one of the biggest Spider-Man fans on the forums, pretty much, next to Slick and Bronx and all that. But, uh, anyway, what, what am I getting to? Oh, yeah. Spider-Man's dead to me, pretty much. That's in movie form, dead to me. If they're going to do this, this ultimate Spider-Man version, if they decide to go that way, then at least get someone that, that looks like a teenage Spider-Man would, would look like a teenage Peter, Peter Parker. Well, and you know what? And it's before, before not, not to cut you off, but... Here's the thing. You had an expectation of Spider-Man being in the Avengers, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, just like Santa Claus isn't fucking real, Spider-Man was never going to be in the Avengers. The only reason is, not because of Marvel, but because of Sony. Sony owns the rights to Spider-Man versus, you know, Iron Man, the Hulk, and all those properties. Those are under Marvel's umbrella. Spider-Man, of course, is not. So even if it were to go that route, Sony wouldn't let it happen just because it's kind of shitting on their, you know, on their franchise. They're like, why are we going to lend them out for? I mean, Marvel could flex their muscle and be like, look, man, it's our fucking character. You own the rights, but uh, fuck you very much. He's going to pop up in the movie. And in terms of comic book continuity, uh, Spider-Man doesn't pop up till forever in the Avengers. The Avengers are fucking Captain America, Thor, um, Iron Man, you know, if you want to get technical, Ant-Man and the Wasp and Wonder Man, if you want to go that route. You can throw the Hulk in there. Yes, he was an Avenger. No, he wasn't. But that's really your core group of guys. So Spider-Man would have had zero impact. I mean, you can make him swing through the city during, like, a scene or something. If you want to be a real dick about it, you know, you can be like, oh, look, it's Spider-Man. You know, like an Easter egg, like Captain America popping up in Incredible Hulk if you've watched the Easter egg for that, Captain America's there. 
Okay, I never saw that one. Yep. Um, Slick and that Bronx can attest to that. Is that in The Hulk or the new one with, Ed, with Edward Norton? The new one with Edward Norton. You need to watch the deleted scene with the alternate opening, and you will see Captain America. Nice. Okay, i got to look up that one. Um, no, but I, I, I know now that Spider-Man wasn't really part of the Avengers, and now I'm kind of wondering what direction the Avenger movie is going to go into, because now we got War Machine in, in the Iron Man story, and War Machine was definitely not part of the Avengers, and nope. I know they might make a spin-off for War Machine, which I would think would be good if they can if they can get Don Cheeto to do a good enough role with him, and if they can get him to stay on the role. Like, I know Don Cheeto is one of those bigger-name actors that, like, pretty much you have to pay a lot of money to keep him contractually obligated to something for more than one movie. I've never right. seen him do more than one part of a movie. So, like, I'm well, kind of worried about where War Machine's going to go as a favorite character of mine. Well, you know what it is with War Machine? War Machine will always be part of the Iron Man mythology. I mean, yeah, you can do a spinoff, but, uh, on, on, you know, when you break it down to, to nuts and bolts, dude, War Machine has no real villains of his own. So it's like, what are you going to do? Make him fight, you know, the Red Skull or something leading into another movie, you know, leading into a villain for another action, for another hero? War Machine is being added to Iron Man because it's just natural progression. There's a, there was the red and yellow armor or the red and gold armor, and then you're like, oh, there's the silver armor. Hey, that's going to be War Machine. It was just natural progression. Odds are that if Robert Downey Jr. wakes up tomorrow and goes, you know what, fuck Iron Man. I don't want to do that shit anymore. I want to do artsy-fartsy shit. Fuck this superhero shit. Then they'll go, hey, Don Cheeto, you want to make some money? And then they'll just rewrite it a little bit and throw War Machine. They'll say, oh, Tony Stark is in rehab, so War Machine's going to help out the Avengers. You know, that's, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, but, but odds are, you know, for Robert Downey Jr., it's a fuckload of money. And he's like, you know, this is a character I'm good at, and it's going to gain me more fans and more money. So you know what? He'll probably go do the second Iron Man, maybe do a third, and do the Avengers, and then they'll close it out with that. Yeah. And all, like, like when it comes to the War Machine, like, I know his story was pretty much just as to be a replacement for Tony Stark when, when Stark was no longer able to do the Iron Man. So, right. Like, I'm pretty sure, speculation-wise, that's not the direction they're going to going with in the movie, because if they were gone that way, then we would have already seen a little bit of it happening in the first movie, considering right. that he would have been an alcoholic since the outset. Bingo. And we, know, we know he gets his drink on and stuff, and, and he has fun, and he's a partier. Like, wasn't an alcoholic, and I don't see that happening in, in the trailers for the new movie. So no, the demon in a bottle is going to happen in the third, probably, if they're going to go yeah. with that. Yeah, and, and if it goes with that, then of, then of course we'll see a bigger a bigger showing of War Machine. And I'm, I'm happy if that's just the last time we see War Machine, as long as we get like more than more than like an ending that has War Machine in one scene. <laughs> no, War Machine's going to be a pivotal part of that movie, and they're actually going to allegedly start setting up the whole alcoholic Tony Stark thing. So War Machine's going to have a bigger role, and I think in terms of the lead actor, I think Don Cheadle's going to do a good job just playing Rhodey, but Don Cheadle being War Machine, eh, not so good. But we'll see what well, happens, man. Well, when it comes to like Don Cheadle being War Machine, like, like you look at the, uh, at the CG that's involved in the Iron Man, you don't really need to have him be anybody. All you have to do is make sure his face is on the on on the CG character, and that's it. That's it. And that's that all you need. But that's all I really have to say on the matter. Because like I was expecting to get to make a call in about Spider-Man or something, but 
I guess uh, I'll, I'll wait for him to call and maybe give a call back. Well, you know what? B- before you go, I'll give you this so you can look forward to. There's the possibility that the Hulk may be the villain in the Avengers movie. Are you serious? Yeah, so they might go that route because the way they left the ending for the Hulk was open-ending. You know, when they did the credits and they showed Days Without Incident, it ended at zero with Bruce Banner controlling his transformations. They did it that way to have it open-ended where either the Hulk is an Avenger or the Hulk is going to be the villain, you know, with the Avengers trying to stop the Hulk. So definitely gives you something to look forward to. Yeah. All right. There you go. All right, buddy. Thanks a lot. Alright, see you later. Later. Alright, let's see who we got next. Lines are just full tonight. Let's see if this fucking switchboard works. Caller, you're on the air. Yo. Hello? Yeah, what's up? Hey, what's up, man? It's Bronx. Hey, man, what do you got? Hey, nothing much, man. I just wanted to, uh, you know, comment on Spider-Man. I mean, the whole reboot situation, you know? What do you think, I, uh, especially because you're a hardcore Spider-Man fan? Yeah, so. I mean, I'm a big fan. I don't like when they change actors in movies. You know, that, that just ruins the whole thing for me. Like, with uh, the first four Batman movies, you know, they had uh, Michael Keaton in the first two. They switched them, then they all turned to shit. So I'm hoping that doesn't happen here, but since they're rebooting it completely, which I think is way too soon, because, you know, look at all the Batman Begins as compared to the last Batman. It was about, like, 10, 12 years. This is, like, a couple years right after Spider-Man just wrapped up, you know? So it's kind of dumb. I mean, you're just starting from fresh with something that was just getting really, really hot. You know what I mean? I agree. So, I mean, I think they can just keep Raimi in there, tell him to just stay up Toby's ass, tell him to act better, stop acting like a block of fucking wood, you know, and um, throw some comedy in the Spider-Man scenes, because he's a good Parker, but when he puts the suit on, he just he's a fucking lump on a log. He just doesn't say much, and he's not Yeah, funny, that's... You know? I agree, but you know what's fucking it up, dude? Raimi and McGuire are fine. It's the fucking studio just wanting to come in and do it their way. Like, me, honestly, if, I, if it were me in the studio, I'd be like, you know what, let's add somebody new. But I'd look at the comic book mythology and go, you know what? Let's do something with J. Jonah Jameson because the guy who plays him does great work. You know what? Let's make the Scorpion the bad guy. That's Why not progress that way? First of all, they have Dylan Baker there. The poor guy's been there for three movies, you know, hoping for the lizard role, and they just shit all over him. So, like, they can have yep. the lizard in the next one. Lizard's a big villain in the Spider-Man universe. And they can have Black Cat in there, and then you can throw little bad guys here and there, you know? I mean, little yep. Little bad guy cameos. You know, like, you can open up with the credits with him, like, arresting the Shocker. Exactly. Or Rhino. He's be battling, like, multiple villains in the beginning for the first half hour of the movie, and then the yep. real meat of it comes with the lizard changing into, you know, his, himself, trying to heal his arm and shit, and then just fighting Spidey. Black Cat committing crimes, he has to stop her, you know? So there's so many possibilities that, I don't know, I mean, I, I wish Sony would lose the rights to it and just give it back to Marvel, and then they could take control of their own properties, like they've been doing with Iron Man and the Hulk and stuff like that, which has been getting better, you know, these other movies. So, I mean, it, it sucks for fans that they're going to reboot it, especially if if they fuck it up even more, you know? Oh, well, rest assured, when I get through the rest of this article, you're probably either going to want to call back or possibly break your phone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. So, definitely, definitely stick around, if anything. All right, will do, man. All right, man. Peace. Later. All right, lines, lines is just popping off right now. Slick, I know it's you. What do you got? <laughs> All right, man. Um, uh, I mean, you know I loved 
I loved um, McGuire Spider-Man, but under the circumstances, I'm not going to bitch about the reboot as long as okay. they do it right because Bronx is saying it's too soon for a reboot, blah, 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 this and that, and like 12 years passed from the last bullshit <laughs> Batman movie to begins. Right. Okay, 12 years passed, but if they had brought on the creative team that did Batman Begins two years later, they made Batman Begins, still would have been a great movie. I well, mean, you know what? I'll, 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 you know, this will be one of the, the one of the few instances where where will where I'll disagree with you, and I'll tell you why. When you have a franchise of the magnitude of Spider-Man. He is the flagship of Marvel. He is the end-all, be-all. Same thing with Batman for DC and, and Superman on occasion. But Spider-Man is it. Spider-Man, then maybe the X-Men, are your, your, pivotal, you know, your pivotal cornerstones of your, of, of your company. The Spider-Man franchise needs the most detailed attention possible. And Marvel, at the time, they were like, all right, we'll sell the rights to Sony and let Sony run with it. Of course, Sony did a good job. What I recommended personally was when Spider-Man 3 bombed, Marvel should have found a way to get that license back. Because that way, Raimi will retain creative control, Maguire will stay being Peter Parker slash Spider-Man, and the true vision of the franchise can move forward. The I issue that I have... One moment. I don't think Maguire... I've heard rumors that he's not physically capable of continuing the Spider-Man role. Well, that's different. That's just because he's a frail fruit. Give the motherfucker some weights. Give him a fucking bowl of spaghetti. Tell him to hit the iron and say, you're putting on this fucking red and blue spider costume and you're swinging through fucking New York because people are paying to see you. You know what it is? This is if you're going to hire an actor, you've got to be legit and be like, look, dude, this is a very physical role. You're playing a guy that, you know, is an acrobat, has an athletic build fucking swings through the city, grabs chicks, picks up cars, just an overall badass dude, and you have to be funny and have one-liners. It's really that fucking simple. There's a million motherfuckers out there that would love to be in the spot he's in. And if he actually used the excuse, if he used the gym class excuse, I can't put on the Spider-Man costume today because I have an intro toenail and my foot hurts and I have a migraine and the mask is too tight, then... That's where you come in and go, look, motherfucker, you want to get paid, put on the fucking mask, and act like Spider-Man's supposed to act. That's when the studio should step in. The studio should not step in and go, we want this guy in the movie. No, fuck you. Fuck you, because you're not the guy that has to show his face for the fucking interviews and have people tell you, you know, your Venom character sucked. Because if I met Sam Raimi at a Comic-Con, I'd go, hey, man, I'm a big fan of yours. Great work on Evil Dead. Uh, Drag Me to Hell wasn't that great, but I understand. But, dude, your Venom sucked dicks. I'd tell him to his face. He'd probably either punch me in my face or have me dragged out by security. I'd go, when did you decide to have Eric Foreman play Venom? Was that your idea or was it the fucking studio too? You know, you, you have to take into account studios pay the bills. They should get involved when the project's at risk of going down the shitter. Don't get involved to rearrange the project, especially with a guy like Raimi whose fucking track record has been flawless until Spider-Man 3. Let the guy rock. You know, don't fucking be, don't want too many fucking hands in the cookie jar. Period. 
Yeah, but you see what I'm saying? when you when you said the possibility of going off in the Spider Man route, while the story is essentially the same, it makes for a Spider Man quote unquote one that can be totally different from the last one. Yeah, I but mean, you're rewatching the same shit, it's like Oh my God, Uncle Ben, I love you! Bang, Uncle Ben is uh, Uncle Ben is dead. Oh, I'm a wrestler now. Let me put on this mask. Oh, I got the burglar. The burglar's dead. I swing through the city. The end. You know, it's like it's really the same shit. It's like Don Anderson said it best. How many times did you want to see Bruce Wayne's family getting killed in every Batman? Bang, my parents are dead. Oh my God, psychological problems. I'm a bad. Blah blah blah. Come on, man. Really, really. Come on, dude. I understand. You're, that you that you're all about freshness, and I understand your necessity to to see something you know done out. But you're also a fucking purist, and you and I both know that going the route of a female vulture was not going to work. <laughs> no, it's not. But what I'm saying is, we got to deal with what we have at this point. Fucking Rainy's gone. Well, I'm, I'm I'm broken up about it, but it's done. He's not going to come back. He's not going to do any more Spider-Man films. Neither is McGuire. Let's look at possibilities of who the fuck can do Spider-Man. Because well, I don't know who's mind. directed. You're going to well, lose your mind because the article's not finished, and you'll, pro- you'll probably rage and smash the phone, and I won't hear from you the rest of the night. Oh, yeah, I'm sure I will. I, I would just want to look at people that I think could do it. Because first of all, if you're going to do Ultimate Spider-Man... Spidey's something like 15 or 16. So you okay. got to get a young-looking motherfucker. And right. you got to get a dorky-looking motherfucker. So yep. at first I thought Michael Sarah, but he's a little bit too skinny. And he definitely has to gain some weight. So that I thought, how about the dude from Zombieland, Jesse Eisenberg? Okay. You know what i do? If you want to go Ultimate Spider-Man, you got to get an unknown. Michael Sarah playing Spider-Man is begging for dick jokes and a, and a crooked smile. <laughs> it really is. Michael Sarah's is funny and shit, but no, no, I can't. That, you know, uh, um, I heard Daniel Radcliffe. It would work until his accent snuck out and Spider-Man sounded like a bloke. That wouldn't work either. But the thing is, the reason why I'm actually positive about the possibility of a reboot, aside from what you're about to tell us and Bronx and I are going to fucking go punch babies. Yeah. Um, if they go the ultimate Spider-Man route, even with a fucked up actor, and they do it right, it's not the same thing as Spider-Man 1 that we had a few years ago. Because in Ultimate Spider-Man, Spider-Man has a sidekick. His sidekick is Mary Jane, who's also True. his girlfriend. From the beginning. True. Okay, I'll give you that. Gwen Stacy, fucking, her father gets murdered, and she winds up living with, with Peter Parker. Right. Who then that gets murdered by, by what is the failed version of Carnage. Correct. That I've seen. This is a different direction from where the Spider-Man series was going. Right. So I'm just saying, if they're going to do it, they should do it that route. Because it will be a different story. It will be the same story, but not the same shit, looking at the same shit. Because Ultimate Spider-Man, even though it's the overlying, you know, the the main, you know, the whole big shit of of 
why he's Spider-Man, it doesn't dwell on Uncle Ben. It focuses more on his parents. Right. Because oh, yeah, because his parents are alive. Venom, Venom coming into the story has to do with his parents. Right. That is correct. And Eddie Brock is a childhood friend. That is true also. These are things that are totally different from the 616 continuity of Spider-Man. And these are things that, you know, people are not used to. Fucking go a new route. Do something different. Write a good story, which I can only hope they do. Because, you know, I I will go fucking punch babies in the street. Oh, yeah, it's going to... With that being said... I'm, I'm going to go through the rest of this, and I'm more than sure most, if not all, of you are going to call back. All right? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, dude. All right, Later. 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 All right. So, of course, we already know Raimi's out, Maguire's out, Reboot is on. Entertainment Weekly has some interesting news about the Spider-Man franchise and their planned reboot. Interestingly enough, Sony was planning on, uh, had Spider-Man 4 and the new origin story from James Vanderbilt. Both ideas were on the table. The original plan was to keep Spider-Man together for the fourth film and then reboot the series in 2012. Of course, after the whole scheduling pissing contest, they went with the reboot. The reboot for the franchise, of course, Peter Parker is going to be in a more contemporary setting as a teenager battling today's issues. Now... Let's talk directors. First one, Mark Webb. He's the guy that did 500 Days of Summer. Behind that is Gary Ross. Gary Ross was the director of fucking Seabiscuit. But I'm more than sure this is cringeworthy for all of you. The final director name tossed around was none other than Michael Bay. So there you go. You got a guy who did a teen drama a guy who did a story about a horse, and Mr. I-create-robots-that-look-like-Legos-when-they-fight to direct the next Spider-Man reboot. Now, with that being said, how many of you want Sam Raimi back after reading the fucking directors that I just said may direct this movie? Would you rather watch Spider-Man by Michael Bay or a Spider-Man from Sam Raimi? Come the fuck on. Really? Really, Sea Biscuit, Five Hundred Days of Summer, and Michael Fucking Bay. There, there it is. There it is. But it gets better. Deadline Hollywood said that Mark Webb, who directed Five Hundred uh, Days of Summer, has been the leading candidate. His name was the first to be floated. But it gets better because there's other directors. James Cameron was talked about. I would, I can understand James Cameron doing Spider-Man, and it would probably be the only other guy other than Raimi that I would let do Spider-Man. I mean, I hope that Spider-Man doesn't have blue skin under his costume, but whatever. But either Cameron or Raimi, Mark Webb, James Cameron, Michael Bay, other, other directors named are David Fincher and Wes Anderson. Fincher had at one point worked with Vanderbilt, who wrote the origin story, on the movie Zodiac. And Cameron has said that he wanted to direct the first Spider-Man movie years ago. So, that's what you got. Mark Webb, Cameron, Fincher, 
Wes Anderson, and Michael Bay. Sam Raimi, please come back. I'm begging you. I'm sorry I called you a douche. I'm sorry I called you a faggot. I'm, I'm sorry. Please come back, please. I'm begging you. Save this fucking movie, please. Please, I'm begging you. And then, of all the news sources that I had, Paris Hilton reported that Robert Pattinson is one of the names being speculated to play Spider-Man. Robert Pattinson, shiny Twilight vampire, to play Spider-Man. The guy with the fucked up teeth, pale, ghostly, milk-blooded, English, toothless dude playing Spider-Man. I'll take Tobey Maguire any day. You know what? If Tobey Maguire doesn't want to come back, get Jake Gyllenhaal. He's another fucking emotionless, pretty boy that can play Peter Parker. Get him. Really. Get him. Switch out Tobey Maguire and put in Jake Gyllenhaal. I'm more than sure he's got nothing better to do after doing Prince of Persia. Make him play Spider-Man. I got a better idea. Since we're on the subject of just casting anybody, why not, play, why not make Ryan Reynolds play Spider-Man? Why not? He's a wise-cracking dude. He gets in awesome shape, and he's funny. Why not? Why not just go that way? Oh, no. Let's do Twilight Sparkly Vampire Guy. Let's do him. Oh, yeah. Let's throw in the guy who directed a teen drama from Mark Webb. Let's throw him in there. Oh, yeah, Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson makes popcorn flicks, not Spider-Man sagas. Not going to work. And Michael Bay, look, I have my own issues with Michael Bay, good and bad. He gave me Bad Boys, which was a great movie. He gave me Transformers, which was an enjoyable popcorn flick. You know, he's had, he's had you know, some, some shit. Don't get me wrong. But he can't do a franchise like Spider-Man. Spider-Man is very storyline intensive, and the action sequences don't involve shit blowing up. Keep him the fuck away. With that being said, I believe we have a call in. Caller, you're on the air. Hey, Joe. It's Spooky again. What's up, dude? <laughs> really? 500 days of summer? Really? Yep. Are you kidding me? How do you like that? that? Dude, that was the biggest chick flick I've ever been forced to watch by my fiance ever in my life. There you go. That, <laughs> dude, that can no way. And I, as much as I would enjoy Michael Bay's exploding webs of flame and fury, um, I think I'm going to have to make a pass on that one, too. There you go. Um. And and Seabiscuit? The guy who directed Seabiscuit, which, of course, Tobey Maguire was in. Dude, those are the cho Literally, those are the only choices. Yep. Like, honestly, I'd take James Cameron. I think James Cameron would make an epic fucking Spider-Man movie. He would. I don't care if the whole thing was done in 3D, okay? Like, I, you know, I don't... I, I do not want 500 Days of Summer, some sweet 16 Spider-Man bullshit. There you go. You see what I'm saying, dude? And then Twilight Guy as Spider-Man. Oh, yeah, that would be dreamy as hell, man. I would freaking love that shit. Jesus the, Christ, let's make him into a goddamn freaking gap model. Like, that's the problem. That is the problem. You need an Wait. unknown. It's, it's like I said. It's like, why, don't you, why didn't you just make Ryan Reynolds play Spider-Man at this point? He's the only credible other dude that could probably do it. Or Jake Gyllenhaal. That's really it. The whole problem is, is Spider-Man, as a kid, was never supposed to be cool until he got his powers. Bingo. He's a geek. You know what I mean? 
And if he's played by some frigging Gap model, whatever, Twilight, you know, the one that all the chicks are creaming over, obviously he never had any social problems when he was a kid. Nope. So what the hell does he need some superpowers for, you know? Well, you know what the funny thing is? I, and, and you'll probably laugh. If I was going to do a, youth, uh, a young Spider-Man movie, I'd make the kid that played McLovin play Peter Parker. That would be awesome. I would watch That's it. That's it. McLovin should be Peter Parker. Put him in the gym. I'm more than sure the kid can hit the weights. You get a good trainer. He puts a little muscle on. Boom. Instant Spider-Man. That's it. I'd do McLovin. <laughs> McLovin would do it. McLovin, you know, chicka, chicka, yeah. You know, that would work. He did that shit in a second, man. For all that money, are you kidding me? Hell yeah! But I mean, you'd need you'd need a director that actually has more of a wide span vision, other than chick flicks, explosions, freaking steel, goddamn horse movies, and like yep. it, it just ain't gonna work. There ain't no way. Like <laughs> James Cameron is really the only choice, and I don't care if he makes a whole thing in CGI 3D bullshit, but you know. Which would probably be the case if he did it, but I mean that's that's literally the only legible legible choice there because the other ones are just ridiculous. I told you, man. I told you. I think I think McLovin is Spider Man. That's it. Yeah. I'm gonna start a fucking petition because because really it's 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 ridiculous, dude. I mean it's at the stage where I can understand a reboot. And I can understand them wanting to go in, a, in another direction, but handing it over to guys that do teen dramas and movies about horses is not the way to go. I don't think Dude, that way. I, you're dealing with a property that can make you billions of dollars. That's what you want to yeah. do. Dude, seriously, man, I suffered through that movie. I suffered through 500 Days of Summer, and that was, that was like, oh my God, it's like it's like a chick's dream movie. But, like, a dude would never, ever watch that if he wasn't getting laid afterwards. Like, there's not a chance in hell. And, there you go. Uh, I don't know, man. It's just, it, it's a waste. And, I mean, they might as well not even make it. Like, just take the whole offer completely off the table. Like, why, why even bother making money with it if nobody's going to watch it? That's it, sir. You quote truth right there. It's like, look, man, if you're going to make a fucking turd, a, a, a flaming bag of shit, you know what? Let's just put it on the shelf for now, and we'll come yeah. back to it. You got Captain America coming out. You got Thor coming out. You got possibly another Hulk movie coming out. You got Iron Man coming out. Marvel's making enough money. Let's put Spidey on the shelf. Yeah, focus if, on if, this shit and come back. If Toby decides one day that he wants to come back and make another Spider-Man movie after he made a bunch of other ones, fine. You know, yep. but for the time being, we don't need another Spider-Man. It, it had a pretty solid trilogy other than the last one where nobody really gave a damn. But... Um, you know, it's it's three enjoyable, semi-enjoyable movies. Like, the first one was great. The second one was really good. The third one was, eh, okay. Um, but they were all good, solid Spider-Man movies, at least. You know what I mean? There you go. I mean, that, the emo bullshit was a little annoying, but, you know, there was a lot of people taking part in that. But uh, Dude, the Fonzie finger point, when he's like, hey, ladies, I'm like, what the fuck is this? What am I watching? I, I have to admit, though, I mean... In the movie theater, I was laughing my ass off at that part because it was just so ridiculous and retarded. Oh yeah, I laughed. Up. Yeah, I mean it's, but it's not like a Spider-Man movie, you know? It's not like it's it's not it's not proper, basically. Nope. It. I agree. You know, 
Well, that's all I had to say on that whole matter. But, oh, I did figure out, uh, by the way, where all the PS2s are going. Where are they? Everybody everybody who bought a PS3 that realized that it's cheaper to buy another PS2 than to rebuy all their PS2 games on PlayStation Network, that's where all the PS2s are going. Nice. That's that that may you may be onto something. Nice that is work, where dude. All the PS2s are going. <laughs> nice, nice work. Spooky gets right, polar of the night. Well done, sir. All right, all right man. man. You have a nice show. Peace. All right, man. Peace. Not bad. Spooky coming in with with a, with a little uh, homework assignment, but it gets better, folks. It gets better. Another Fast and Furious. Not one. No, 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 no. Two. They want to do two. Vin Diesel said the following on his Facebook. Can I tell you, I have to go to Facebook to get news. If 2009's Fast and Furious was Chapter 1, what writer Christopher Morgan just delivered is Chapter 2 and Chapter 3. I've never been submitted a two-story saga from a studio before. It's very exciting, and it shows a commitment level that is hard to respond to. Excited about the sexy locations, the filming and all the stuff, it's like a novel that has twists and unexpected turns that is authentic, truthful, and challenging to the characters. So, yeah, we're going to have the Star Wars of car porn. That's what we're getting. You're going to have a Fast and Furious trilogy. They're going to disregard the stupid one with Tyrese and the one with that hillbilly and do two more movies. So you're going to have the Star Wars saga of car porn. And I think I'm going to fucking patent that. So <laughs> that's what it's going to be. You got the Star Wars saga of car porn from Vin Diesel's Facebook. Also, MTV recently spoke to Dwayne Johnson, a.k.a. The Rock, on the status of the Shazam project and questioned him about his desire to play the Black Adam, which I think is a perfect fit. On playing Black Adam, he goes, I don't know, I can never say that with truth. The truth is that I can't tell you. The truth that I can tell you is that I would love to play Black Adam. They asked him about the status of Shazam. He said there's a lot of factors in play. The studio will have to decide on that. Whoever the director is, hopefully it will be Pete Siegel, who is still very passionate about the project. Both of us are, by the way. I'm not too sure where it's at right now, but I, but I would love to do it. They asked him how he felt about playing a superhero. He says, what I've found is playing superheroes is a lot more specific than it looks. That's why Black Adam resonated with me, especially once I started to understand the story of Black Adam and how he related within the Shazam story. I think Black Adam is a great character, and Dwayne Johnson is perfect for the role. Um, those of you that don't know anything about Black Adam, do a little homework on Shazam, and read a little bit of 52, and, and you can understand that Black Adam is a badass dude. You know, um, Mortis called him like a black Shazam. Pretty much, but uh, he is um, definitely far more badass. So, homework assignment, definitely look up Black Adam. You will not be disappointed. Uh, for those of you 007 fans, the next 007 movie is being pushed back because it will be filmed in 3D. 3D is a great buzzword, and it's going to be applied to James Bond. How it's going to look? No fucking idea. But it's James Bond. They've been doing a really good job so far. As long as Daniel Craig continues to play him solidly as he has done so far, eh, it can't be that bad. Now, little Ghostbusters 3 news. Ivan Reitman confirmed 
that he will be directing the third film. Uh, they asked him about the rumor that Bill Murray's character would be a ghost. He did not confirm or deny anything. He just said, I'm not going to comment on what's in the script and on what some Gorney Weaver may or may not have said. There's some very cool things in the new draft, let's put it that way. So, third Ghostbusters would be badass. Ivan Reitman being involved, more badass. So, definitely excited about Ghostbusters 3. Um, the Terminator franchise's rights were up for auction based on the bankruptcy sale from Halcyon Assets. So the last Terminator movie, which was Salvation, was done under the Halcyon umbrella. The Terminator rights were sold to Lionsgate. They ended up beating out Sony, Summit Entertainment, and Media Rights Capital. Lionsgate currently owns the rights to Kick-Ass and the Saw franchise. So if uh, odds are either the Terminators are going to be chasing McLovin in the next one, or the Terminators are going to look like the puppet from Saw. So that's what you have to look forward to. Uh, Iron Man 2, when it's released, will be in IMAX, simultaneously with a standard release on May 7, 2010. The IMAX release will be limited, though, so for those of you that want to go and check that out in IMAX, it is going to be a limited engagement. Also, Jurassic Park, you thought you'd heard the last of it? Nah. Coming back, Box Office Magazine spoke with Joe Johnston, the director of the previous Jurassic Park. He said that he has a great script for Part 4 and that it may lead to a new trilogy. So with that being said, another movie that's just being dug up, and they're just going to continue the franchise. So we're going to go forward with the last bit of news, which is Conan the Barbarian. Now, I like the Conan movies. They're great. There's been rumors for years and years and years and years that they were going to reboot Conan and bring it back. There were rumors that The Rock was going to play Conan, that Triple H was going to play Conan, Vin Diesel was going to play Conan, fucking Barack Obama's playing Conan, Wesley Snipes is playing... You know, it's at that point. Turns out that Deadline Hollywood, um, the original story was that Roland Kickinger, who played um, the Terminator stunt double for Arnold in uh, Terminator Salvation, was up for the role. Turns out that that's not going to be the, the case. IGN reported that possible uh, nominees to play Conan are Jared Padalecki from Supernatural. Won't work. Carl Urban. Might work. Jay Tavare. Travis Van Winkle. I don't know who the fuck he is. And Derek Mears. But it turns out that the guy who may get the role is the guy from Twilight, Kellen Lutz. Now, the reason they're looking at Lutz is because he'll bring some name recognition to the role, a.k.a. girls wanting to salivate at guys from Twilight. Once again, credit Paris Hilton for these news. I don't know how good it is and how legit it is, but I definitely think Carl Urban would have made a good Conan. Uh, the big joke would have been, is always that Triple H should play Conan, but yeah, it is what it is. I think Roland Kickinger should have done it because he did such a good job playing Arnold's double in Terminator Salvation, and he would, he would do a really good job. And a lot of people are talking about different actors and how they're small. Let me tell you something. The beauty of steroids, a personal trainer, nutrition, and a good diet will turn anybody into a fucking superhero quick, especially when you're getting a shitload of money. So with that being said, we'll see where it goes with the rumor for this Twilight Kid. And that's going to wrap up the movie segment for this week. Um, that's actually going to wrap up also the show for this week. A couple of things, of course. 
MyTakeRadio.com. Stop in, check out some of the new posts. Check out some of the posts put on by some of our other contributors and, quote, staff members. Uh, there are quotes on there by Slick, who's a regular, of course, for the show. Bronx wrote a fantastic article on the WWE, which you should definitely check out. Feel free to share your comments. And, of course, all the people that contribute on the site are also on the forum. So stop by mytakeradio.com slash forums, and you can interact with them and discuss any of their articles and things of that nature. Um, a couple of plugs. I want to run down the list. Uh, shout out to MMAHotStuff.com, uh, MrMMA.com, Darksiders.com. I am playing Darksiders right now, and I will have a review hopefully within the next week or two. Um, Hayden Dalton and hopefully Hanran Dower from the Darksiders team will be back within the next week or two. Uh, Hayden Dalton's site is Hayden, H-A-Y-D-N, Dalton.wordpress.com. Uh, Brooks McBeth. Hilarious and funny dude. If you liked uh, his appearance on My Take Radio, head over to youtube.com slash Brooks Macbeth, sorry, or myspace.com, Brooks the Comedian, and check him out. Shout out to vgnradio.com for always looking out and for creating the first My Take Radio forum. Shout out to Cleveland Sports Radio. Of course, Don Anderson's Tumbling with Tumbleweed, which you can hear Tuesdays at 10 p.m. Uh, Born Stubborn Radio for submitting their kick-ass commercial. 411 Mania for great wrestling news. OC Remix for the music. E10 Clothing, Heartless's clothing line. I don't know what the fuck you're doing, dude, but you were on to something. You need to bring that shit back. MMAJunkie.com. Film Drunk. 411 Mania. I'm more than sure I left people out. Oh, got to give a shout-out to my homegirl, Dem. She has a beautiful, beautiful site set up for bead art. Uh, she does great video game sprites. If you're a gamer and you want to have something really cool, that'll be a great conversation piece. Head over to etsy.com slash shop slash royal tresses. Check out some of her work. Order some of her stuff. You'll definitely like it. And with that, that's going to conclude this week's episode of My Take Radio, which is number 26 for Thursday, January 14th, 2010. My Take Radio returns next week with episode 27 and a whole bunch of shit for me to rage and talk about. Catch you fuckers next week. Peace.
Decepticon Funk.